Red Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And we are back for the midweek update edition of the Owl Chat Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my partner, John Finer. Unfortunately, Nick could not join us in the studio today. However, he is still helping us behind the scenes a lot. We've had some technical difficulties with our microphones, but we've got it all ironed out, we believe. Anyways, John, I hope you were excited to talk some owls on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And I also hope you didn't jinx the hell out of us with this microphone. I mean, you know, I, I still want you to call me Money Mike because, you know, $30, that's a lot of money, man. I went big time on this one guy. Big time. <laughs> well, uh, well, not to foreshadow, but we're saving that for a win. Um, so it might be uh, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I can't I can't call myself Money Mike until we win a football game. So uh, but yeah, we got uh, errors and omissions. I just want to uh, change something. And I addressed this on uh, Twitter. Um, I was shown a from uh, our post game podcast. I was shown a new picture of uh, Murphy high definition uh, where, you know, his forearm that I thought I saw was down might not have been down. So I've changed my stance to you cannot overturn that. They should have kept it that way. Uh, maybe the referee saw what I saw and overturned it. I don't know, but it sucks. Probably wouldn't have made much of a difference anyway, but you never know. So in conclusion, uh, we got screwed and uh, Chattanooga had home cooking. So absolutely. Any- and you got the flyover for us this week, Kai, starting us out. I absolutely do. Starting out with softball, we have promoted Crystal Hampton to pitching coach. She was a volunteer last year and prides herself on player development. Not a whole lot is known about Crystal Hampton, but if, you know, she was a volunteer last year and now she's an official member of the staff, that means she's doing something right. Hi. I'd like to add that I have stayed at a Hampton Inn before. Very, very nice facilities. (laughs) Uh, You should probably talk to her dad about that. Give him uh, his props. Yeah, sure she's no, no relation, by the way. The Hampton family. Ah, we won't go that far. She might be. She could be well, a distant relative. We'll have to research that. So if anybody knows if Crystal Hampton is an heiress to the Hampton Inn fortune, let us know. Anyways, congratulations to Crystal. Um, hopefully she's here for a long time to come. Um, we have another assistant coach in another sport. Uh, Danielle Marguia was promoted from a graduate assistant to a full-time assistant um, for the soccer team. She was a four-year player at UGA. Uh, graduated just last year but she's with the good guys now um and hopefully she can help turn this uh soccer program around which i will get into now um we played two games this past week hosted georgia state ended the night at a zero zero tie um which it is called in college soccer officially it is a tie not a draw uh just to clarify to all the listeners out there um we got lucky they outplayed us they controlled all possession for the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes and had a golden opportunity um about 15 minutes um with about 15 minutes to go in the game uh went right off the left post um but we escaped with the tie not the worst result we timed for the second year in a row uh second game we go down to birmingham to close out our non-conference schedule and uh got shellacked by sanford took a three nothing loss um, and fell to one, three, and three. Uh, we have now been outscored nine to one in the state of Alabama. So that's no fun. Um, I will say uh, it's concerning. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I just want to add, um, you know, would you rather watch a, a 0-0 draw and the Owls tie 
or would you rather, you know, see a 3-0 Owls loss? Because, you know, I read something, I didn't look too deeply into it, about some study where, you know, people are alone in a room sitting down and they have nothing to do but stare at a wall or whatnot. And then they get, you know, they have a choice to shock themselves, which they know would hurt themselves. But they decide to hurt themselves anyway, just to break the monotony. So, you know, would you take a 0-0 Owls draw or would you take that 3-0 loss? Just thank God somebody did something. You know, it's an interesting philosophical conversation. You know, as a soccer fan, I I want to say I would rather see the 0-0 draw because I can appreciate things other than goals. But there is that feeling of, you know. A tie. It's, it's actually called a tie in college soccer. You're right. My fault. <laughs> Already slipped up. Um, but there is that feeling of like, you know, they could have not played the game and had the same result. Um, what did I just yeah. do with my last, you know, hour 45? Um, uh, but that being said... That was- and that was the second 0-0 draw this year, I think, Ty. It was. It was, and, Ty. <laughs> and I, I think the KSU t- Twitter account, like on the images, I think I saw a draw. So I, I really don't think anybody cares. I mean. On uh, KSUowls.com, it's uh, listed as a tie. So yeah. I'm going to go with that. Sounds good. What else you got for us, Kai? Yeah, um, just want to talk about it a little bit. Obviously, don't want to bash anybody or, you know, blow this out of proportion because it is still early in the season. We haven't played a conference game yet, but – um, we've played seven games and we've scored three goals. Um, that's not good. Uh, we can't finish. We need to <laughs> we need to step it up down the stretch um, in our last season of ASUN play. Um, anyways, enough on soccer. Move on to something slightly more positive. Um, both men's and women's golf played in their first tournaments this weekend. Uh, women's golf played in the Sam Golden Invitational in Texas. Uh, broke a program record uh, as a team scoring 277 over 18 holes and 560 over 36 holes. Uh, Caitlin Campbell-Nyman had two rounds under 70 to lead the Owls. Um, on the men's side, they played at the All-State uh, Stream Song Invitational, um, and it was their first ever par 73 event in school history. Sean Cook was our top performer going seven under par. Um, we didn't win anything, but it has been presented as a positive result by everyone in KSU Media. So uh, good stuff out of golf. Um, I know we have even better stuff out of volleyball and John, you've been paying attention closely. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners about, uh, our past weekend? Yeah. Uh, volleyball was pretty exciting actually. Um, so exciting that I was watching the Mississippi state game volleyball match, um, on my phone while I was at the Chattanooga game. So, um, in the stands doing that. So that should tell you something about how exciting the first half of the, uh, football game was versus the volleyball. So, uh, we moved up a few spots in the Massey ratings from, uh, 111 to 94 after beating, uh, both Wake Forest and Mississippi State on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, I believe Wake Forest was our first ACC win since 2019 against Georgia Tech. Uh, the Mississippi State win was especially impressive as KSU came back from down su- down two sets to complete the win. Uh, after such a huge effort um, on Saturday, the team looked exhausted Sunday. I actually went to that one. Uh, we were driving back from Chattanooga, and it was about noon, and I'm thinking, okay, we're passing KSU. And I'm like, when does volleyball play? And they were just you know a few minutes into the first set. Uh, we were winning by the time I got there, and as soon as I walked in, everything went downhill. So my bad. Um, but, uh, you know, we were put away uh, pretty quickly by Western Michigan. Uh, we just looked exhausted. I noticed that we were rotating in players that I didn't really see much of on Friday and Saturday. So I think it was, you know, getting some good development in at least. 
Uh, the bright the bright side about all of this is we wanted to watch the Falcons game, and uh, this match finished in 80 minutes, which was like a Greg Maddox 77-pitch complete game shutout type of deal here. Uh, we got shellacked that badly, so we actually got home. I live about 30 minutes from uh, campus. We got home with uh, about 5.09 left in the first half, and the volleyball match started at noon, so that'll tell you something. But uh, taking two out of three this weekend was a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, seems like we've done that, and we're now six and three on the year. We do that every weekend. Uh, this weekend, we'll only play two, uh, and Xavier, or Xavier, I should say, Invitational, just Northern Kentucky and Xavier, so two matches. Um, we'll hopefully get some revenge on Xavier for their uh, their basketball shenanigans last year. Um, the Owls are ranked ahead of both NKU and Xavier in the Massey ratings. So hopefully, you know, these games will be at least easier on paper, but we won't be at home. Uh, conference play starts in two weeks on September 23rd. Uh, related news, McKinley Ferguson was named ASUN Sports Setter of the Week. So congratulations to her. She was very strong on Friday and Saturday, but like the rest of the team, not so much on Sunday. But uh, overall, a great weekend for volleyball. Um, in some non-sanctioned KSU news, uh, Emma Hunt, a KSU student, uh, non-student athlete, has qualified for the 2024 Olympics in Paris in the speed climbing category. Um, after doing some research, I realized that the speed refers to how quickly a task can be done and not the 1990 slang term for amphetamines. Uh, shout out to Jesse Spano on Saved by the Bell. Um, in speed climbing, athletes will attempt to reach the top of a 16.4 yard wall as quickly as possible. And because I am American, proudly, I converted that from meters. So it's 15 meters if you want to be British about it. Um, we do the hard work for you on the Owl Chat podcast uh, on the conversions and measurements. Uh, so good luck, uh, Emma. Um, also, we got some wrestling news. If you guys might not know, former KSU full star fullback uh, Bronson Recksteiner is a superstar in NXT, which is kind of like a brand of WWE. Uh, some consider it more of a minor league type deal, developmental brand. Uh, it airs on Tuesday nights on USA. Um, he wrestles under the name Braun Breaker. Uh, Breaker was in a match against Von Wagner. That was his opponent. Um, what I find hilarious is that KSU used to be have a corporate sponsor in sports media called Van Wagner. Uh, this is Von Wagner. So um, no relation there, um, just like the Hampton Inn shenanigans from earlier. Um, so basically, at the end of the show, uh, Braun Breaker had Von Wagner outside the ring. He picks up the steel steps outside the ring, and he smashes, appears to smash it over Von Wagner's head, um, crushing his head just as the screen cuts to black you know, before they go off the air. Um, so they didn't show anything on TV, but people picked up, uh, people at the show recorded it and uh, picked up that the actual footage where he wasn't act surprisingly shocking. He wasn't actually smashing him in the head with the steel steps. There was like a gap in the steps and it, you know, it, he was not actually hurt, but some thought he messed up and hurt Von Wagner. But that was not the case. He might have had a brute, you know, a little bleeding or some or whatnot. But Von Wagner appears fine. Uh, but he had the illusion of getting his head smashed. Uh, I think when all is said and done, uh, Von Wagner realized the main point of this all is that you do not want to go to war with the owls. And he learned his lesson. Um, also, I was uh, actually in the background of a picture 
from the Chattanooga game. This is not really part of the flyover, but I'm, you know, I'm taking it over here, Kai. Uh, I was actually in the background of a picture that at Kennesaw State tweeted out. Um, you know, my first thought was, oh, thank God, you know, I am back on the good side. Yeah, absolutely. I'm back. I'm back in that picture. So now that I have an alibi between the hours of six and nine on Saturday, so nobody can try to pin a crime on me. So good luck, anybody. Um, so thank you, Kennesaw State. Um, in some baseball news, we have uh, Blake Ida, Owls uh, relief pitcher last year was a freshman. Uh, he, he will likely be a starter this year, I would guess. He was ranked number 28 on D1 Baseball's top 30 draft arms from the prestigious Cape Cod League. So uh, Blake Ida, even though he will be a sophomore this year, uh, because he took a uh, gap year, um, he will be eligible for the draft after his sophomore year. So there's a chance that we lose him. So congratulations to Blake for making that list. Uh, and some sad news, uh, Michael Fredette, uh, Owls 2025 pitcher, has decommitted. Um, the class is still looking strong and shaping up to be possibly the best one yet uh, for the Owls. Um, in some uh, more baseball news, um, we have a new stadium coming. The Board of Regents approved a $12.3 million project, which is funded primarily through private donations. Thank you, rich people. And will include a total overhaul of the existing stadium, including the installation of a new turf playing surface, better lighting and fencing. The facility will also be outfitted with new dugouts, press media areas, and concessions, along with expanding the seating capacity to 1,500. Um, the Owl Stadium is big for a number of reasons. First off, uh, once it's complete, we would be eligible to host a regional. Uh, it's deflating to be if we're one of the 16 best teams in the country and we should be hosting, but our stadium is not eligible. That's kind of a buzzkill. Um, secondly, it'll help with recruiting. Our facilities in baseball are definitely behind basketball and football, and this will help attract kids to the school. Uh, as for the construction, I can't imagine that they start until after the baseball season finishes, at least on anything that will impact the field, uh, because we'll need that field to practice and everything like that, you know, this fall and then play games on the spring. So I would imagine they really get cracking right after the season. Um, but I think I heard somewhere we'll learn more about the timeline in early to mid-October. So I uh, know Kai, you know, had some uh, uh, some takes here on the baseball stadium. And, uh, you know, I know he had a volleyball take as well. Yeah, I just wanted to um, bring up, I can't imagine the attendance was great for the Western Michigan game on um, Sunday, but I saw a few pictures just from the weight game and the Mississippi State game. And uh, it, it looked like we had people in the stands. Um, so good to see uh, Owls fans maybe have something to, you know, look forward to as far as postseason goes. <laughs> yeah. And volleyball, you know, was before last year, I would say the crowd this weekend for volleyball was probably better than anything men's basketball has seen in a decade before last year. So, um, you know, congrats to them. We're not going to fill a 92,000 stadium like perhaps other schools, but, um, you know, they're playing pretty good uh, ball right now and they should get the attention they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And then just talking about the baseball stadium, um, you've got all of these, you know, 3D renderings you'll see all over Twitter. And honestly, we have no idea what the finished product is going to look like. That being said, uh, everything I'm hearing sounds great. <laughs> what sticks out to me is $12.3 million being uh, major, uh, the majority of which is being privately funded, which I personally love to hear. Uh, it's a lot of money. I don't know where exactly it's coming from. But Lord knows we need to renovate 
uh, the baseball stadium, especially with what softball's got going on right next door. You know, they've got a nice little venue. So it's uh, it's time. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, what it looks like. Yeah, and it's beyond time. And, you know, as you were saying, there are some renderings. I tweeted them out last week. You can take a look at them. Um, and I also tweeted a link to where you can donate to Kennesaw State, uh, you know, the NIL fund to raise money for student athletes as well. Um, and also just to comment on, you know, you mentioned that it looks great in the drawings. Well, you know, a Big Mac looks great in the commercial. And then when you get it, you know, it's it's a Big Mac. Everything so, looks good from a helicopter shot, too. Exactly. Every college campus looks amazing on Google Images. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can't see all the you can't see the trash on the on the side. But no, I'm kidding. Not that we have any. I'm just joking. But um, as far That's as you see, you think, yeah, we'll, we'll just actually we'll pin it on Jacksonville State. So I'd rather, I'd rather do that since, you know, FGCU, they're leaving the conference, you know, they let, you know, we'll, I'll right. let them be. I'll let them right. I will say as somebody who's been to both campuses, Jacksonville State is way nicer than Florida Gulf Coast. But in I would my rather, humble opinion. But would you rather live in Fort Myers or would you rather live in Jacksonville, Alabama? Um, as somebody under the age of 60 uh, <laughs> and who likes mountains, uh, probably Jacksonville, Alabama. Really? Yeah. You don't like, you don't like bingo? Take. Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> I mean, when I when I went down to the Florida Gulf Coast game last year um, to kill time, I went to a pool hall. So tells you enough about what there is to do down there. Okay, well, you know, if anybody's in the area, maybe they can watch uh, reruns of the nanny with my grandma. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, all that. I've been to Jacksonville State once. Um, Can't say I'm excited to go back, but I'm sure I will sometime soon just because of the geography. The one thing Uh, that threw me off about Jacksonville State and, you know, I'm not going to elaborate any further, but uh, everybody had the same nose. They have the same nose. Everybody in Jacksonville, Alabama has the exact same ah, nose. I got gotcha. you. That's, that's gotcha. all I'm going to say. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, well, we you love the Gamecocks here. Noses do run in the family. So uh, we'll just say, we'll just leave it at that. Um, and, you know, the stadium, I, I feel like there were rumors of that stadium coming for quite some time. You know, I, I think, you know, people around the program were expecting this all to be done perhaps a couple of years ago. But I, I think I heard due to COVID, you know, things got, well, not due to COVID, but I'm not going to get into that issue, but partly due to COVID, um, things got more expensive. And then, you know, that means raising more money, you know, it's harder to find workers, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm glad things are finally coming around and, you know, baseball can, you know, get the stadium that we hopefully deserve. I still, I'm glad that they're not getting a brand new one. I like Stillwell. Um, I think it's cozy. It's our stadium. And, you know, I'm fine if it doesn't hold, you know, 5,000 people, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, recruiting and it's like as a school who already has a good reputation of putting guys in the bigs and kind of being that um, not quite like Juco type brand, but maybe that in-between school for guys who, you know, maybe won't get the playing time at, you know, power five school or whatever they call it in college baseball, but also don't want to go play D2 at Columbus state or whatever. Um, yeah. Or facilities, or facilities, the- facilities, you know, yeah, or just a guy that, you know, um, wants to stay closer to home, you know, doesn't want to deal with the Power 5 stuff, doesn't want to go to Georgia State and have to buy a bulletproof vest, um, you know, the the usual type stuff. But we live, you know, right near Lake Point. We live in Cobb County, which is like baseball powerhouse. Um, right. You know, we are, you know, suburban, um, probably a little bit less and less each year, but we are, um, you know, suburban Atlanta, which is a big attraction to where, you know, don't have to be downtown, deal with all of that kind of rush hour traffic. So, um, you know, that 
that can sell some kids. Like we got, you know, John Cooper Williams who committed previously committed to Georgia tech. And, you know, we can steal away some of those guys that we build a good relationship with, especially baseball compared to other sports, because like you said, you can go pro anywhere. Right. And then one thing that I don't think has been talked about enough is the impact of the CUSA move for baseball. Uh, it's a great conference, you know, it's a step up. Um, not to say that the A Sun didn't treat us well in baseball um, for a long time, but uh, we are going to be another tier of program with the new stadium and, you know, with the new conference. So exciting yeah. stuff. And Dallas Baptist, uh, they don't really do anything except baseball to my knowledge. Um, they're, you know, they're a powerhouse. They have a really bad basketball program and football program, I believe. Are they even, are they like D3 or something? They're division one. And in other sports, are you sure? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to check on that, but um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, move to a new conference. I think, you know, we do have some good programs in the ASUN, but I just think, you know, the lower tier teams are going to be, you know, a lot better than the bottom feeders that you might find popping right. into the ASUN each year. Right. And I think we make that transition a lot easier in baseball than other sports. Um, basketball, as much as I love Petway is still somewhat of a question mark. We don't really know what we're going to see this year and next year. Football obviously is the big, um, I don't want to use the word concern, but um, where we are withholding our expectations for a few years. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, start watching baseball, Owls fans. You might <laughs> you might want to. I agree. And we've got a lot of good stuff uh, baseball wise, uh, you know, planned and, you know, coming up on the Owl Chat podcast, including, you know, uh, a lot of segments with uh, former players, uh, all of that kind of jazz. So uh, also moving on. Um, one of our last bits of news before we head to the football presser, uh, the notes, uh, Micah Smith, who we recently mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast, six, seven forward, who was a KSU, who was a KSU target was, uh, visited by the entire KSU staff yesterday as announced on Twitter by John Michael Nickerson, a former Owls player. Um, uh, he's who is now Micah Smith's head coach at Sandy Creek. So hopefully we have an inside man over there. Uh, Jay Mack also has an Alabama background, so I'm sure that helps him with Petway as well and good connection there. Um, Clemson also visited Smith uh, yesterday. So, again, we're competing with, you know, for top tier talent here, uh, probably like that low high major type level, which uh, Makai Turner, uh, you know, kind of fits that bill as well. So, well, actually looking at his offer list, we're competing with uh, some some top majors here. Auburn offered him, Georgetown offered him, Memphis offered him, Florida offered him, Bama offered him, Tech offered him. So he's got a slew. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, you just never know, though. Sometimes those offers were from a couple of years ago. I didn't do the research into him, but you're absolutely right. He could have a ton of offers there. Uh, Clemson's still on him. So that's, again, that's saying something. And I know you have some uh, a take on this guy. I was just going to say, yeah, Bama offered him at some point. So that Petway connection is probably still there. Uh, that is true. I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together on that one. So that's where my head is. Uh, so perfect. Um, that include that wraps up our flyover. Uh, now we want to just get down to the uh, football press conference. And I know Kai will lead us into that. Yeah, so I couldn't attend this time around and I was able to listen just about an hour ago. Um, initial impressions are Bo seemed more disappointed than I thought he was going to seem. Um they talked about how they had a Sunday practice for the first time ever. Um, I believe that was interesting. Uh, so it seems like they took the loss harder than we expected them to. Um, but yeah, uh, the Connor Cummins stuff kind of stood out because I asked him in the presser after the Tusculum game, if he had talked to Connor um, after he missed the first two field goals, he says, no, you know, Connor's just kind of, 
got to get his head straight. You got to stay out of his way, you know, let him not overthink it. Um, and then apparently in the Chattanooga game, he pulled Connor aside and was like, Hey man, just go out there and kick the ball, which as a kicker myself, I, if anything that, you know, probably adds a little bit more anxiety because I don't think Bohannon knows a ton about kicking a football, but um, Connor was able to recover later in the game. So I think we're still feeling pretty optimistic about him. Um, I know you had a ton of notes on the presser. Um, so if you want to just go ahead and read those off. Yeah, Kai, I got some uh, some notes, not a ton as I usually have. They actually haven't posted the depth chart yet at the time of our recording. Um, some things from Bo, you know, a quote, we beat ourselves. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, he said, lots of missed assignments, missing lots of fundamentals and technique. Agreed. Um, like you said, they had a practice on Sunday for the first time. Um, I'm kind of torn on if that's a good idea because, you know, after after Saturday's performance, we might need some more church time. Uh, so, uh, you know, take the good with the bad there. Um, he mentioned Furman has most of the guys coming back on defense, offense possibly as well. They're an older football team, uh, ranked top 10. I think I saw the other day they were number eight in like an FCS poll of some sort. So this, if you thought Chattanooga was difficult and made us look bad, um, we need to be on our shit for uh Furman they competed with was it South Carolina they did they uh game was tied with I think two minutes to go before the half so then they had the lead on them uh through most of the second quarter so yeah I'm not going to put too much weight into that they probably took them for granted but um that's still quite an accomplishment that they're yeah. able to do that and to uh, put things in perspective real quickly uh Chattanooga and Furman are in the same conference or in the Southern Conference. Uh Chattanooga is probably at best the fourth or fifth best team in that conference this year. Uh Furman is the first or second. So it, it might be a rough one on Saturday. Yeah. Luckily we have it at home. So we have that going for us. Um luckily also, you know, this was not the first game a lot of our defensive players will play. So, you know, getting some getting some run last week, I think that really hurt us all this red shirt shenanigans, but again, the goal is to win next year. Um, you know, we are, I said it on, I said it on our post game podcast after Chattanooga, but you know, people are, and I, I reemphasized it last night on Twitter because all the chicken littles, you know, are messaging me. We are running an entirely different offense. Our players were not recruited into this offense for what we're doing now. They were recruited to do other things. Our wide, a lot of our wide receivers were not even recruited to receive. They're recruited to block. Uh, we don't did not even recruit tight ends. Um, off, our offensive linemen, you know, they are, have to, you know, cut block, go forward. Now they have to go back, and you know, there's just Jonathan Murphy's not really hasn't done like a traditional off shotgun offense. Like there's a lot of moving pieces, and people expect this to come together overnight. It's not going to come together overnight. I still think we're talented enough to where we can go, you know, uh, six and three, um, that sort of record. But it's going to take time, people. Just just chill. Um, if you if you guys need a hand to hold, you know, I'm here for you. Just send me a message. I'll, I'll walk you off the ledge uh, personally. Um, I, you know, no, like I said, I'll walk you off the ledge. I'm not going to hold <laughs> your hand and keep you on the ledge. Um, but yeah, as something else that Coach Bohannon said, um, you know, we chance gamble got targeted or got called for targeting. He also got targeted because, you know, that probably shouldn't have been a call. Um, mm. you know, he's probably going to miss the first half this week. 
I don't know how the suspensions work, but usually if you're, if you get it in the second half, you are suspended for the first half of the following week. So I don't know if they're just going to, if they can possibly hold him out and his suspension, you know, disappears, or if it's only in games he plays, I don't know how that works, but basically Bohannon asked the referee, tell me what I should have done and I'll coach it. Yep. They- well, he seemed pretty pissed about it in the press conference. So yeah, passively pissed about it, but yeah. Yes. And you know, he mentioned the QB was dragging us down the field. You know, players don't know, you know, when he's going to slide, when or not, when they're not going to slide, there's a lot of shenanigans, you know, the, he, he's not going to teach his kids to, you know, to pull up, you know what I mean? That then the QB doesn't decide to slide and they run another 30 yards down the field. So I, it sounds like Bo doesn't think there's anything chance gamble could have done differently. He was just put in the situation, you know, he couldn't control and we are reaping the bullshit. Um, they are KSU mentioned they're sending an appeal. Um, but I, I doubt that's going to do anything, but Bohannon said, quote, I don't have a good answer on how to coach it. So, yeah, I just want to add on a little bit to uh, what you were saying about Al's Twitter and the Kennesaw state fan base as a whole. Um, a lot of people are in a weird position because when it comes to Al's football, they don't know what it's like to lose. And when it comes to Al's basketball, they don't know how to handle winning. Um, good point. Yeah, so we're in new territory here. And I want to remind people that if there's a time to lose, it's definitely this year. Um, this is uh, this is a work things out, feel things out year. Obviously, we want to see the team win. But I think you and I are in the same boat of this is uh, this is a year to watch progression. And if we go five and four and three of those wins are over non-D1 teams, it's going to be okay. We just want to see consistent improvement um, and feel okay about <laughs> playing at the FBS level next year. So... Yeah, I just I I want I don't want to see the same mistakes at the beginning that I'm seeing now, and and it's even hard to judge on that, um, because you know so many players are going in and out. Like it's hard to say, oh man, I hope we're better in week eight than we are in week one. Well, we might have different players in week eight than week one. Like it's hard to see that week to week improvement and week to week cohesion coming together. Right. Um, outside of the offensive line, I will say. The second half of the Chattanooga game was easily the best half of football I've seen from our offense this year, um, including the Tusculum game, because obviously Tusculum's Tusculum, but it looked like we found a real rhythm. So I I was actually somewhat encouraged. Well, that's the second game in a row where we just did nothing in the first half. And, right. you know, we, we can't play one half of football. And right. whether it's you – know, we need to figure it out – and we need to, you know, get it going from the beginning. So, again, if that's just an intensity thing, if that's just, you know, Chattanooga was, you know, playing more of a prevent type thing, I don't know. Uh, but we really just we really just need to play, you know, 60 minutes of football. Well, still, just situationally, you know, Tusculum, we had the lead and it was Tusculum. Chattanooga, we had our backs against the wall and, you know, playing a pretty decent Chattanooga team. So we had nothing um, to lose. So, you know, maybe we just, you know, set it free, stop playing as nervous, took some shots. Exactly. Because with the Tusculum game, you know, you figured that they would put it together eventually and just, you know, athletic ability would take over and we would run away with that game, which is exactly what happened. But with Chattanooga, you know, we were on a level playing field. So um, the response was encouraging at the least. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Coach Bo also uh, mentioned about, we talked about him earlier, but, Connor, you know, he's hitting them in practice. He's told them to stop thinking. Um, people are, you know, again, the chicken littles are saying we need a new kicker. We need a new kicker. Okay, great. I don't even know, you know, what the backup option is or how that looks. Um, Connor, if anything, he has the leg and that's, that's half the battle. 
you know, if he can put the, I guess, put the mental together uh, and do what he's doing in practice and have it translate, then we might have a kicker. And if he yeah. can't, if he can't put everything together, then we don't have a kicker. And yeah. bottom line is, again, like Kai said, this is a, a throwaway year. Um, if we have to, we have more scholarships now. I mentioned this on uh, Sunday on the podcast that um, we can we can afford to give a kicker a full scholarship. We can make Kennesaw State an attractive option and get somebody in here if we have to. So I'm not too concerned about it right now, but it is definitely frustrating in you know the fact that on game day you play you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. Hello. Right. Well, and obviously you want to see a score, but I wouldn't mind yeah. um, seeing him get a few attempts from the, the 30 to 40 yard range, just, you know, to build that confidence back up. Um, and Absolutely. just to follow up your point, uh, our backup kicker is a punter. So uh, I think we should stick with what we have now. Is it Finkel or Einhorn? It's uh, Ulrich. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Ulrich is listed as the backup kicker. So gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, that totally went over your head, Kai. But you know, people <laughs> get that on the listening. Oh yeah, well, you'll you'll figure it out uh, once people listen back and start telling you about it. Um, but you know, Cummins is you know, like I said, a good has a good leg. We'll go we'll go with that. Um, Bohannon mentioned also that he had to call the timeout with under two minutes left, even though we got the first down. Uh, we mentioned on uh, on our last podcast that. You know, hey, he didn't have to call the timeout because, you know, after under two minutes, the clock stops for first downs. Well, Bohannon let us know that the team was just so out of disjointed and out of the loop that it would have taken, you know, 15, 20 seconds, something like that, that just to get lined up again. So he felt like he had to take the timeout even with the, you know, the clock uh, stopping. Right, right. So maybe we were a little too quick to criticize. I don't know. It seemed like the he was talking about how the chain gang was all out of whack and all that. So. I don't know, weird situation. FCS football refs, FCS football clock management. It is what it is. Um, anyway, let's talk a little bit more about Furman. Um, I've covered him a couple of times, uh, just previewed this game throughout the season. Uh, they're really good. They're a legit top 10 um, FCS program right now. They beat uh, the heck out of Tennessee Tech, who we'll see later in the season, 45 to 10 in week one. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, uh, stuck with South Carolina uh, for about half of a game. Um, before Spencer Rattler took over and won that game for the Gamecocks. Um, they've got a really good quarterback, Tyler Huff, who can get it done through the air and on the ground. Um, and then oh, the no. back, uh, Dominic, well, we're still working on the air part, John. It looks okay so far, but we're still working on it. But we um, need to be working on both parts, Kai. <laughs> I wish enough. he was one dimensional so we could focus on one thing. <laughs> I think uh, half a dimension and half a dimension makes one dimension, right? There you go. That. Yeah, yeah, sure. That that works. That works. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, I, I miss the days of the statue quarterbacks. <laughs> big Joe Flacco guy, huh? Yeah, big Aaron Rodgers guy. Oh, man, you see what happened last night? I'm sure you oh, did. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was rough. But you know, uh, just like I wish, you know, I wish we just could get a one dimensional guy. Yeah, um, a- just so we could let's let's do one baby steps here. Once we can <laughs> ask then we'll make sure the QB can't run. But no, uh, what were you saying about? Uh... I was just going to say Aaron Rodgers can go take his four days in darkness and he'll be feeling okay. Um, anyways. Unfortunately, not this time. <laughs> anyways, um, just to continue on Furman, uh, they've got a running back, Dominic Roberto, who's been around a long time. Uh, he's had a rough start to the year. He's only averaging 2.9 yards per carry, but he's been a really solid player for him. Uh, most of their receiving core comes back. They lost their tight end, who was an FCS All-American but they return Kendall Dean, uh, Joshua Harris, uh, and Ben Ferguson, who all put up pretty good numbers for him last year. 
Um, Bo pointed out that they lost three starting O-linemen, but other than that, uh, they returned just about everybody from uh, a second-round FCS playoff team last year. So as much as I want to be optimistic, um, if I had to predict this game for a third time, uh, I would guess that they're going to come into fifth third and beat us by at least a score or two. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good right now. Uh, I'm curious to see what the line is going to be, but... I mean, if I had to guess, it would probably be around maybe 10 points, 10, 14 points. I don't I don't know. Um, I don't bet anymore. I was never any good at it. Um, but, you know, I'll be sure to post a line if I see it for all you compulsive addicts out there uh, that want to bet on FCS football. So congratulations to you guys. I hope you hit it big. Hey, I mean, FCS lines are usually pretty weird and uh, suspect, but whoever put it together last week in the Chattanooga game was dead on. I think it was, what, six and a half? Yeah, and uh, I think it was six and a half and lost by seven or seven. I don't even remember, but it was within like a half a point. So, yeah. Anyways, we'll be back to uh, recap that game on Sunday. Unless you got anything else to add, John, I think you can go ahead and take us out for the week. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I'm excited for the uh, Furman game. Um, I'm probably going to watch on TV because I know uh, Nick is likely going to join us again uh, to discuss on the post game show. And I know he's going to be at the stadium. I think, Kai, are you going to be in the... I will be watching on TV. I will not be at the game. It'll hopefully be the only game I missed this year. So, Gotcha. Yeah, we'll have that. We'll not have that press box perspective this time, but uh, maybe it's for the better this week. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I will also be likely watching on TV. We'll have to see what my weekend looks like. And um, yeah, Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Of course. We will see you guys next week. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, And as always, go Owls!